0: Welcome to Jesus, Joy, and Java, a podcast for women of any age and in any stage of life who are seeking to draw closer to God through His Word. My name is Patty Nava, and my mission is to walk beside you on our spiritual journey by studying the Scriptures together to strengthen our faith. We are now in Season 2 of the Jesus, Joy, and Java podcast, this is a season to nurture and grow our fruit of the Spirit. I pray you will be encouraged and that this will be a blessed and fruitful season for you, my sweet sister. Now let's get ready to fill our cup with Jesus, Joy, and Java. to episode 12. Today we will be learning all about the fourth spiritual fruit, the fruit of patience. Ladies, we are now in what's called the second triad of the spiritual fruit. So what does that mean? The spiritual fruit is divided into three triads. The first three fruit, or the first triad, are the fruit that we have already learned about in Episodes 9, 10, and 11. That's the fruit of love, the fruit of joy, and the fruit of peace. These three fruit are all focused on our relationship with God. So now we're in the second triad of the fruit of the Spirit. This triad includes patience, kindness, and goodness, which all focus On our relationships with others. And the final triad includes faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which all focus on ourselves. So before we dive in, it's important to point out that depending on which version of the Bible you're reading, you're either going to see the word patience or long-suffering. They basically mean the same thing. Long suffering is to do what the word implies, to suffer long. In the dictionary, it is defined as having or showing patience in spite of troubles, especially those caused by other people. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Another dictionary definition is bearing of pain misfortune, or annoyance without anger, irritation, or complaint. To bear means to carry something very heavy. So when we're going through something difficult, it can feel like we're carrying something very heavy on our back everywhere we go, right? That's why when we get rid of worry, we say, oh, it feels like I took a load off my back. So in other words, patience means going through something very difficult or annoying without complaining or getting upset about it. The Greek word for patience is makrothumia, which means slow to anger. Okay, now that we got all the definitions out of the way, I'd like us to start by reading James 5, 7 through 11. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count it as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So in these verses, James urges us, the believers, to be patient and not to complain as we wait for Jesus to return. He reminds us of the prophets who endured and faced persecution as they proclaimed the name of the Lord. So let's look at a couple more verses. In Proverbs nineteen eleven, it says a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense here we are reminded that it is wise to be patient and we're reminded to forgive someone when they do us wrong no matter how difficult it may be now let's read colossians 1 11. we pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you may have endurance and patience in this verse we are encouraged and reminded that it is God's glorious power that gives us the strength to be patient. So when we're struggling to be patient with others, let's remember how patient God has been with us. When someone offends us or when we're about to lose our patience, let's think of all the ways we have offended God. When we've offended Him, He has only shown us mercy and love. Even when we really mess up, He gives us that undeserved grace. This is the kind of grace and mercy and love that we need to show others. Now you're probably thinking that developing this kind of patience is easier said than done, right? (laughs) Well, I agree. It's not easy, especially due to the kind of culture that we live in. We live in what I call a microwave world. (laughs) We live in a rat race society where everything is fast. We got fast food, fast lane on the freeways, fast car washes, fast track at the those, uh, what do they call fast tracks? Fast tracks at Disneyland. (laughs) That's supposed to be the happiest place on earth, right? And everyone's supposed to be very patient with one another. Well, not really. (laughs) We want everything now. In this culture, these days, the type A personality is applauded. This is that type of person who gets the job done, no matter what. They'll step on anyone's toes to get to the top. It's almost as if being impatient seems to be the new virtue. Well, if you've had a chance to travel to other countries, you'll know what other countries, like third world countries, you know, they're more laid back Um, They are more relaxed, I like to say chillaxed. (laughs) They live in a um, que sera sera type of lifestyle. That means whatever will be, will be, right? They don't sweat the small stuff. In some countries they even take siestas, yes, naps. Like like in the middle of the day, at two o'clock, everything shuts down. Hey, that's my kind of lifestyle. (laughs) But not here in the US, ain't nobody got time for naps, right? We are always on the go, pushing everyone out of the way to get to where we need to be. Boy, what an exhausting way to live. Well, I have to admit, I do struggle with patience. Most people who know me or who are very close to me will tell you that I do not tolerate tardiness. And I'd like to blame my dad for that. (laughs) He always told me, if you're on time, you're late. So now, I make sure to always arrive 10 to 15 minutes early. (laughs) This could be good or bad. Good because the interpreting agencies that I work with, they like that about me and they know they can always count on me to arrive at my appointments before the clients do. And it's bad because I'm always the first one to arrive at parties, so I end up being part of the decorating committee. Well, God's still working in me when it comes to patience. My husband, on the other hand, he is the complete opposite. He has the patience of a saint. He has learned how to have complete trust in God when going through trials and he never ever questions God's plans. So when I get stressed out about things that are not happening quick enough or prayer not being answered quick enough. My husband prays for me and reminds me that it's all in God's timing. Speaking of unanswered prayers, I'd like us to take a look at two men in the Bible who had a lot of patience and waited for a very long time for their prayers to be answered. The first one is Abraham. Have you ever read the story of Abraham about his patience? Well, it begins in chapter 12 of Genesis. We're not going to read that one together, but I do strongly suggest that in your next quiet time, you read the story about Abraham. You see, God promised Abraham that he would become the father of many nations. This promise began in Genesis 12, when God called upon Abraham to go to the land of Canaan, where he was promised to make a great nation there. This would be a blessing unto mankind, that through his descendants, all families on earth shall be blessed. When God made him this promise, Abraham didn't have any children, and there was no sign that his wife Sarah was even pregnant. God kept reminding Abraham of his promise for many years, but still there was no child. God finally fulfilled his promise when Sarah gave birth to Isaac, Abraham was a hundred years old and Sarah was 90 years old. Talk about having patience. Okay, now let's take a look at the story of Joseph. This is one of my favorite stories of the Bible. I know I say that a lot about different stories, but I think this is at the top three of my favorites (laughs) okay well you can find joseph's story in the book of genesis also it's in chapters 37 through 50. so again we're not going to read all 13 chapters but here's a summary okay go get your cup of java sit back and please be patient for the next three to four minutes while i read you this summary of the story of Joseph. Joseph was born into a family of twelve boys who lived in Canaan. His father Jacob, also known as Israel, loved Joseph more than all of his sons since he was the child of his old age, and perhaps because he was the first child of his favorite wife Rachel. Though Joseph had a younger brother, his father specially made a coat of many colors for him as a mark of preference. Joseph's elder brother saw this preferential treatment from their father and got very jealous. The 17-year-old Joseph did not help matters as he kept bringing back bad reports about his elder brother's uh, activities to their father while tending to the flocks. compounded things by the dreams he shared with them which he interpreted to mean that one day he would rule over the family all of this made the brothers dislike joseph even more one day when joseph went to find his brothers in the field the brothers saw him in the distance and planned to kill him but reuben joseph's oldest brother prevented them from executing that plot nevertheless They sold Joseph as a slave to traders going to Egypt, who in turn sold him to Potiphar as an assistant to the pharaoh of Egypt. The rest of the brothers returned home to tell their father that Joseph was dead, producing his multicolored coat, which they had dipped in a goat's blood as proof. So while in Egypt as a slave, God was with Joseph and helped him do everything right. In fact, it was all well with Joseph as he found favor with Potiphar. But the ugly side was that Potiphar's wife repeatedly tried to seduce him. Eventually Joseph landed in prison when Mrs. Potiphar accused him of rape because he did not yield to her amorous demands. In all this, God was still with Joseph so much that his interpretation of the dreams of pharaoh's former butler and his former baker who became joseph's prison inmates facilitated his rise to power in egypt the butler who was restored to service according to joseph's prediction forgot his promise to joseph but remembered him when pharaoh had a series of disturbing dreams two full years later this dream paved the way for Joseph to be brought to the place to interpret two renowned dreams of the Pharaoh, one in which seven sickly cows devoured seven healthy cows, and a parallel dream in which seven sickly ears of grain devoured seven lush ears of grain. Joseph interpreted this to mean that there will come seven years of great plenty throughout all of the land of Egypt. But after that there will arise seven years of famine, and all of the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land." Impressed by Joseph's knowledge, Pharaoh appointed him a prime minister or a governor, a position that is next in command to Pharaoh. Thus Joseph fully became in charge of storing food for the upcoming hard times. So when the famine affected his family in Canaan, Joseph's father sent the brothers to buy food in Egypt. Upon their arrival, they were brought before Joseph, who recognized them immediately, even though they did not recognize him after some twenty years. They all bowed to Joseph, just as he had dreamed. Joseph concealed his identity and tested his brothers, locking up one of them, Simeon until the rest of the brothers returned with Benjamin. It was only when Benjamin was brought to Egypt that Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, who proved from the various tests that they had changed. At the end, Joseph forgave them all of all the evils they had done against him, and arranged for the entire family's relocation to Egypt wow so can you see why this is one of my favorite stories we can see the faithfulness of god we can see how the lord changed joseph's life so drastically and we see that humility goes before honor we also see joseph's faithfulness and his long suffering and we see that he was rewarded for being a man of such integrity and patience." So please go back to read these chapters. They're in Genesis, chapters 37 to 50, to get the full story. This was only a summary, okay? So now that we've learned about two of the most patient men in the Bible, Let's talk about ways to nurture our spiritual fruit of patience, so that we may be able to endure trials while waiting for God to answer our prayers. So how do we do it? How do we grow our patience? Well, as we already know, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. This is a fruit that grows within us. So here are some ways to nurture it and apply it to our lives. Number one, of course, let's all say it together, pray. (laughs) Ask God to develop this fruit of patience in your life. His patience, okay? Paul prays this in 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. It says, May the Lord direct our hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. So if you struggle with patience, ask God to give you his patience and to allow you to endure so that you may persevere. Number two, journal about times that God has been patient with you. God is so patient with us. How many times have we failed him? How many times have we questioned him or become impatient while we're waiting for him to answer our prayers? Hey, I have both of my hands raised up. yes i've done that many times so let's journal about every trial in which he has shown us limitless patience and every time that we face a new trial we can go back and read our journal as a reminder of when he was faithful to us in first timothy 1 16, it says for this reason i obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. And number three, control your temper. <laughs> In Psalms 103.8, the Bible tells us to be slow to anger. As we learned at the beginning of this episode, the Greek word for patience is a combination of two words one meaning long and the other meaning temper. So the Greek word for patience literally means long-tempered or slow to anger. James 1 verses 19 and 20 says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. The more time we spend with God, the more we will grow this fruit of patience and become slow to anger. So let's recap. Today we defined patience, also known as long-suffering. We reviewed a few scriptures which encourage us to be patient with others, just as God has been patient with us. We also talked about two of the most patient men in the Bible, Abraham and Joseph. And we concluded, as usual, with some tips to nurture and apply this fruit of patience in our lives. Sisters, I pray this episode was informative and encouraging. And I thank you for being patient with me today, as this was a longer episode than usual. But there is just so much to learn about patience. I could probably do a whole series of 10 episodes about it. But don't worry, I won't do that. (laughs) Let's meet again next Monday as we learn how to nurture the fifth spiritual fruit of kindness. I would like to recommend a couple of resources that can help you on this journey of nurturing the fruit of the Spirit. The first one is a book titled Unfailing Love, written by my good friend and brother in Christ, Kevin Pedrasa. This book is not only a great conversation starter, but it is also a good way to point individuals to Christ. When you pick up this book, you'll want to keep reading the beautiful poems at the top of every page, as they're filled with so much emotion that you and I might be able to relate to. But I would suggest that you use this book as a journal by taking one page at a time one day at a time each page has room for you to journal how each poem speaks to you personally you can find kevin's book unfailing love on amazon you'll find the link for this book on the jesus joy and java facebook page the next resource is an e-journal i have written as a free gift to you my listeners this journal is all about the fruit of the spirit in this journal, you will find scriptures and questions to help you apply the fruit to your daily walk with Jesus. To get a free copy of this e-journal, all you have to do is email me at pattyjavanava at yahoo.com. That's patty, P-A-T-Y, Java, J-A-V-A, N-A-V-A, at yahoo.com. This information will also be available on the Jesus, Joy, and Java Facebook page. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you have rated this podcast or shared it with your sister friends, I appreciate you and send you a big special thank you. Please don't forget to follow Jesus, Joy, and Java on Facebook at fb.com slash JesusJoyJava. Also on Instagram at Joy underscore Java and on YouTube at JesusJoyandJava. Feel free to email me at pattyjavanava at yahoo.com. Your feedback means a lot to me. Thank you for listening, and I pray your cup may always be filled with Jesus, joy, and Java.